Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Justin Odisho, and in this episode, I've got special guest Joe Moore with me. Joe's a director, photographer, editor, and creative, and he's actually been able to spend the past couple years working directly with 2 Chains as his personal photographer. This has allowed him to be the fly on the wall in all kinds of amazing rooms and places, from capturing meme-worthy photos of Drake looking at his phone in the club that would later go viral, to being able to meet people he's looked up to for a long time like Eminem, and how he's building his own brand in the between time. Enjoy this episode. All right, we're live. What's up, man? What's going on, Justin? So you just got back from the gym, got your salad with you. It seems like yeah. fitness is like pretty big in your life right now. It just helps keep me sane. Yeah. I like, I mean, I've always done that. I mean, I don't know if you saw the old picture of me, but I used to weigh like 240 pounds. So it's kind of become like a part of me at this point. Yeah. You sent me that old picture of you a while back and like, I wouldn't have ever guessed it. <laughs> I mean, you've, you've made a pretty big transformation. Yeah. Nobody, nobody ever uh, thinks it's me when I post that picture. Yeah. So it's a good little transformation and inspiration to certain people. But we actually crossed paths like earlier this year, probably I was doing a live stream with YC and C Ryan and you were there and you kind of hopped on, had a decent little conversation about what were we talking? I think we were talking about like working for yourself and business and all that. And I've been following you since then and, and you've got a pretty interesting story. So I'd love to get more into how you got to this point and your background um and so where, uh, do, so where do you want me to start because that's a that could be a long story you want me to start um well, let's started, take it back to those days like the pre-fitness days like what were you okay. doing how you got oh, the cameras man. so my whole inspiration for even picking up a camera was my grandfather and i actually started you know toying with cameras in third grade um, like my grandfather was a big inspiration to me and he was somebody who would always film everything, uh, like family events. He would just always film something. So he had those big JVC, that big red camera that had the tape, the big tapes in it. So I just actually started, um, toying around with him and, and he would show me how to use certain things. And, and basically from there, I just learned how to use those cameras um, my mom got like one of those uh, Sony JVC cameras, a little smaller, and the little mini tape decks. Um, and basically, just as I started getting older, I would just, you know, become the kid that was kind of filming everything. Like even um, in middle school and high school, I was the person who always had the camera on me. I was always filming miscellaneous things. Anything we did as kids, like anything you would do as a child, I was always the person just filming that. It didn't matter if it was entertaining or whatever it was just me teaching myself how to use that camera and trying to capture memories with my with my friends family and stuff like that and then when it got to high school that's really when I started trying to to take it seriously and try to make it my career um I would do you know high school parties I would film high school parties and you know certain people would pay me for them I would go to high school parties where I didn't even know certain people I just was kind of like recommended and I would film those high school parties and get paid for them and then um, it kind of led into me doing uh, photo shoots and, and video shoots for you know local artists and stuff like that. And really, the big break that started happening for me was is um, I was filming for a local blogger in the area who kind of had a good following. He had like a hundred thousand followers on Twitter and Instagram, and had a good name in the area, like DC, Maryland, Virginia area. Um, so I actually started working with him. His name is uh, Pat is Dope. And I started filming all of his uh, interviews that he would do with local artists, major artists, uh, any kind of interviews in general or any photo shoots or video shoots he did. He basically took me on and I would, you know, handle all that stuff. And then from there, I linked up with uh, a couple of the top DC promoters who were booking artists. And that's how I actually made my first introduction with a major artist, which was uh, Lil Durk. Um, I actually linked up with them through the promoter. I did the show. I did a photo shoot and video shoot for that actual concert which was in Virginia. And then I basically uh, became friends with the manager of Lil Durk and, and sent them the photos and a video recap. And his manager was like, man, it, your turnaround time is great. Your turnaround time is quick. I love the work. Uh, we got this tour coming up and, and we'd love to have you be a part of it. So that was the first 
artists that I actually went to uh, be on tour with and really, you know, learn the ropes of the industry and stuff like that. Um, and then from there, working with Dirk, I actually, you know, being around, being around Dirk, he was already like a Chicago artist that was known. So that's how I started meeting other artists around Dirk, like uh, the French Montanas, the Akons, the little higher up artists besides him. Um, and then from there, uh, we actually did a A3C event in Atlanta. This was like a couple years after meeting Dirk. I went there with, again with Pat. He had just moved down to Atlanta and he was interviewing artists at Street Execs. Uh, he interviewed Travis Porter, Young Dolph, uh, Schooly. The only artist he didn't interview was Two Chains, but at the time, Two Chains was kind of stagnant. He wasn't really in the limelight like that. And the manager saw the work that I was doing for the other artists around Street Execs, approached me and said, Hey, you know, Two Chains is looking for a new photographer, videographer. We want to uh, put you on a test trial with them. He had uh, three shows that upcoming weekend, and they were like, You know, we're going to put you on the road with him for these three dates. If you're able to uh, mesh well with him, if you're able to keep up with the workflow, you know, we'd love to offer you a job. Went through those, you know, three dates with him. He loved me. He loved the work. He loved the turnaround time. And, you know, since since then, that was about two years ago. So for the last two years, I've been traveling with 2 Chains nonstop. And he's blown back up as an artist since then. So it's been nonstop moving around, nonstop traveling. Uh, I still obviously work with Dirk, do music videos with Dirk, do music videos for Two Chains, and it's just been a real hectic schedule at this point ever since you know linking up with Two Chains. But that's like a quick summary of how I got to this point and where I started. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot to unpack there. Um, yeah. So you're from Maryland, like the, I'm is from that Maryland. the DC area. Uh, it's 45. So where I'm from, it's it's Davidsonville, Maryland. And usually I'll just tell people either Annapolis or Baltimore because it's just easier for people to realize where that is. Davidsonville is like a smaller city within uh, Maryland. It's actually 45 minutes from D.C. and 45 minutes from Baltimore. So those are like the two known areas in the DMV. They call, they call it the DMV area. Anybody that's from our area doesn't call it that, but, but like to the outside world. DC, Maryland, Virginia, they just call it the DMV area, so. Yeah, because I yeah. know, um, like, the only artist that I can think of off the top of my head that I know is, like, reps that area is uh, Wale. I mean, that sticks out in my head, right? Yeah, the, yeah, the, the two, so the two main artists that really, like, made a name in that area would probably be Wale, and that's, he's from DC, and then Logic, who's from uh, Gaithersburg, Maryland. Oh, yeah, so Logic those, is from there. Yeah, and then you got um, Shy Glizzy, but definitely Logic and, and Wale would be like the top two from our area, rap rap wise at least. So, would you say this? I mean, it's a smaller. Would you say it's a smaller place in general, and the scene is kind of like more local? I think, I think our area could have became bigger than than what it was, but I think. Um, our area is one of those areas where people don't support each other. Like I've lived in Atlanta for the last two years now and, and the camaraderie and the, the togetherness that this area has is, is much different than any area I've been to, which would make sense. And that probably makes sense on why Atlanta has been, you know, the Mecca of hip hop in, in the last five to six years, like any major artist you turn on, has an influence from Atlanta in one way or another. Either they're getting producers from Atlanta, they're getting features from Atlanta, they're the major artists from Atlanta. So, yeah, I, I would say our area is is smaller in the term of trying to to make it out of there in hip hop. It's it's not really a good area to, to stay in. Anybody who's made it from uh, from our area has had to leave Maryland or DC or Virginia. While they had to leave and make a name for himself outside of there, and I know. Uh, I know Logic's story briefly, and, and Maryland was really like the last area to hop onto his wave. So, yeah, I definitely would say that our area is not uh, a good area for trying to make it out of music-wise. Yeah, and and so I want to get into even before, like you wrapped up your story pretty nicely, but you talk about meeting this guy, Pat, is Pat is Dope, what was his name? Yeah, his his name is Pat is Dope, but his just name in general is Pat. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's like his, uh, his his alias. Yeah, yeah, yeah alias. Uh, and was he kind of like a blogger, like writer, media guy in the music space? So his whole thing is is 
most people would associate him with being a blogger, but I'm, I, you know, I don't call him that. He's more like a, a media influencer. I would put him like as the Yes Jules of, of the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area, because you wouldn't call Yes Jules a blogger. You would call her like that. I, I guess the better term is to call him an influencer of our yeah. area, especially yeah. in the music scene. Like he had all the relations he has and, and still carries a relationship with all the artists in our area, whether it be major, indie, whatever. He has a, a he just really has his foot in everything music related wise. So, yeah, he's definitely like the connection or the connector in that area. If you want to touch hands with somebody or a company or a client, like he's that go to person, especially for the music realm. Yeah. I'm actually reading this book. It's called The Tipping Point. And it talks about there being like three different types of people, like a connector, uh, a maven and a salesperson. And that sounds like what you said, like someone who gets you connected. So, I mean, how did you even get in touch with him? Were you, what were you doing in the city before to get your name out there? Were you doing like local, like you said, you were doing high school shoots. Like, were you doing music videos independently or like, what was your hustle? I was doing music videos independently. Um, I, one thing I left out is, is like, this is how, so this is how I linked up with Pat. Actually, originally when um, I went to college, my freshman year, I went to North Carolina uh, to a music school for audio engineering. And that's something a lot of people don't know about me was my main career originally was going to be an audio engineer. Uh, so I went to school in North Carolina at a school. Uh, the college was Catawba College. I went there for freshman year and I came back. And when I came back freshman year, I had linked up with a production company, Soul World Entertainment. And the uh, main person, the CEO of that company, uh, actually founded artists like Tank, uh, Genuine. He had, he'd had and works with uh, Tyrese and a couple other R&B kind of people. So his foot was already in the industry. And he actually had me come to his studio and I built myself up from that studio being an intern going all the way up to being an audio engineer. They found out I did photo and video related work. So they actually threw me in a couple tour dates and a couple shows with uh, Tank and Tyrese. And this was around the time they had that whole TGT uh, R&B group going on. So that was actually like the first, the first, first artist I worked with before Lil Durk, before 2 Chainz, before it was... Tank Tyrese and Genuine. So doing that, basically, it kind of pushed me outside of the audio engineering realm and pushed me into the photo and video. From doing the uh, photo and video work with Tank and Tyrese is how Pat saw my work in the D.C. area. And then that's how we linked up. He was like, okay, you're from this area. You know, I got a whole bunch of work for you. You know, I'm always working. I'm always doing this. I'm always doing that. I need a you know reliable cameraman. You know, I want to build with you. And that's how we built our relationship was us meeting through a concert that way, because he actually is a influencer, obviously, that will always be at those concerts and stuff like that. So that's how we originally linked up was um, Howard Homecoming Tyrese was performing and we kind of met each other that way. Yeah. So, yeah, it's nice. It's like interesting that there's a little bit more that goes into that. And Tank and Genuine, I mean, they're pretty major artists in their own right. So it's what did you learn from that first interaction with working with bigger artists and how the whole scenario works with managers and this and like all the people you got to go through. Well, luckily it was a situation obviously where, um, you know, Cliff Jones is the CEO of Soul World Entertainment. He's the one who made the introduction with Tank and Tyrese. So they already had a relationship. So it was kind of like they all were cool with each other and they just kind of brought me into the situation that way. So it wasn't like a situation where nobody knew each other and they just threw some guy in there. So it was very fast paced. I got thrown in and it was like a sink or swim situation. It wasn't like a baby situation because you're dealing with, you know, Tyrese. He's an international movie star at this point. He's been in, you know, Fast and the Furious movies. He's been in, you know, uh, the Transformers movies. So he's a very high caliber artist and Tank is a very well-known R&B star at that point and genuine in that sense. So it, I think it was a very good experience. I actually would, would recommend people to, to just jump into a sink or swim situation because it's like I worked with three major artists for my first real gig. So it was like at that point, anybody else I worked with, all the intimidation, all the scaring, like all the all the goosebumps all the stuff in your stomach it was gone because i got it out of my system working with them it was a and i you know i did mess up a couple times working with them but they were very uh nice and they understood i was you know getting up on my feet and you know building up my situation so they just taught me from there 
Yeah. And so you're doing photography for them. At this point, you'd already, all the times you'd practiced, you know, shooting at school or shooting for so-and-so person, were you pretty comfortable with your gear? Do you feel like that helped you at least having some sort of base so that when you were thrown in that sink or swim, swim situation, like you at least had a little bit of instinct? Oh, absolutely. It wasn't a problem or a situation of me not knowing the camera gear or how to do it. It was uh, it was my first time being on, you know, a major tour. It was the first time being in front of a crowd of three, 4,000 people in, in a fast environment of, you know, we're getting off stage and they're expecting the photos to be to them or they're expecting a video recap. They're expecting the photos like instantly. They're expecting videos, you know, within like an hour or two of the whole show that just happened. And we're on the road to, you know, the next show. So it's like doing that, it, I obviously knew how to use the camera and whatever equipment I had, but it was just learning the real business of the industry and learning how to deal with a fast-paced tour environment and being on the road and the road life in general. Yeah, I think that makes a good point that you can know the camera and be a great photographer, but there's this whole other side of skills and business and like social interaction that you have to figure out as well that's just as important. Yeah, and, and that's what I try to explain to a lot of people and even, you know, artists or people that have dealt with the tour life explain to a lot of, you know, camera people coming up is, you know, we're not saying that you're t not talented, but to deal with the tour life, especially if you're dealing with a high client artist or a high client person in general, it's a, it takes a strong person and it takes a different type of person to deal with that lifestyle. Or even if you're dealing with a, a come up tour where the artist may not be big, and that's actually an even harder tour to deal with because when you're dealing with a major artist, you know, you'll probably be in the five-star hotels. You'll be in the sprinters traveling from place to place. You'll be on a tour bus. If you're dealing with an artist that's coming up who just signed to a label or a situation, there's not a lot of money there. There's not a lot of, uh, you know, you're not living that lavish lifestyle. You're dealing with a come-up tour. So you really got to be built for that kind of stuff in general. But tour life in general, you have to, you have, to have it in you. It, it takes a different type of person. It's, it's very little sleep. It's a lot of work involved. So yeah, you can be talented as a photographer, you can be talented as a director or videographer, but to step into that world, you gotta have a whole type of different mentality, I would say. Yeah. So to be able to live that life. So I wanna get into that a little bit more, but so you've met Pat, you started doing work for him and he was really connected in that area, like you said, and you guys went to this music festival and how did it go? You said, Two Chains manager reached out to you somehow because they were following Pat. So basically, what happened was is um, the festival is called A3C and it happens every year in Atlanta. Um, and we had Pat had actually just moved down to Atlanta probably about three or four months uh, prior to that. So he invited me down there to do the festival, and he actually had linked up with the PR for Street Execs at the time. Her name's Lacey. Um, so basically they made that whole interaction and she's the person who got Pat the interviews at street execs. And from there, she was the connection for me to be able to get to the manager. So basically the manager was already letting Lacey know, Hey, you know, we're, we're looking for a photographer or a videographer or both to pair up with two chains because he's getting ready to get back on that, that tour life in that situation. So it just so happened it was perfect timing when you know, Tech had said that to Lacey. We were already doing the interviews for uh, Dolph and Schooley and Travis Porter, and she just showed them the work. And that's what led to the sit down with uh, Tech and Charlie. And that's what led to even having the uh, even having the opportunity to do the test trial with Chains on the road that following weekend. So, what was that sit down like? What What did they run through? Did they look at your Instagram? Did they look at your website? Like, what were they scouting? So with, with Street Execs and te uh, Tech Charlie, so there's three people with Street Execs. There's Tech Charlie now. I only sat down with Tech and Charlie, and they're very uh, business savvy. So they had already did their research. Um, they already knew I'd been on the road at this point with Dirk and had did tours with him before. So they knew I could deal with a tour life situation. Um, so they already knew everything about me. They had already seen the work. They, they were already sold on all of that. But obviously, they needed to see if I would mesh well with two chains, it's a whole, whole different artist. It's a whole different level up and lifestyle. So really the conversation was real simple. It was, you know, we want to have you work with him, but we need to do this test trial with you. And if all goes well and goes smooth and he reports back to us and lets us know that he likes, 
he likes you, you know, the job is yours. And at this time, I wasn't living in Atlanta. I was still living in Maryland. So, you know, I, I got back on – I once we got back from those three days on the road, they were like, hey, you know, he wants he wants you – he wants you to be his personal photographer, videographer. We need you out here. So I had to move everything from Maryland to Atlanta that week and get out there. Yeah. So you didn't have anything at home like tying you down to just get up and go? No, luckily I had, uh, just graduated college and I was actually doing a lot of freelance work, making money that way. So I didn't have a nine to five job that was tying me down at that point. Yeah, I was going to... So, Sorry, I was going to say, because um, you'd already been doing all this stuff with Dirk, and I don't want to gloss over that. I mean, Dirk was probably, uh, was already a really big artist in his own right, and that was that, like, when was the time that, uh, what was that song he had? That's when I remember. Um, uh, this ain't what, what you, you want. When was that? Like, did you, was that before you met him, or was he on tour on that stage? That was, that was a little bit after he had just came out with that single. Um, he was on the side of the streets Two mixtape when I linked up with him preparing for his uh, debut album, which was remember my name. So I kind of linked up with him when he was bubbling, but not to that, to that level. He was already a known artist, but he wasn't like what happened after the album came out and everything like that. Yeah. And so, so another, another good timing situation with him. And, uh, and so, it seems like you haven't been working a nine-to-five job for a good bit then before that. Can you talk about, was there ever a transition that you quit something and went full-time freelance to even have the opportunity to be in these positions? So the last nine-to-five job I had was working at Champ Sports as a, as a stock boy slash uh, sales associate. And this was uh, a senior in high school. And once I left, as a senior in high school, went my freshman year to uh, Catawba. Obviously, my freshman year, I just strictly worked on, you know, schoolwork and, and making sure my grades were good and everything like that. And by the time I came back home during that summer, is linked up. It, during the summer is when I linked up with uh, Cliff and Soul World and that production company. So at that point, you know, I already started getting paid by them, and I was able to pay my bills. And you know, from that point on, I never went back to a nine to five job. Yeah. So my my last nine to five job was was really being a senior in high school, um, and and freshman year when I came back home for like Christmas and those holidays and stuff like that. Like the the Champ Sports would let me work there a couple times, but so I guess really after freshman year is like my last like nine to five job. Yeah, I, I mean I, remember, I had a similar stint in retail too. I remember the last time I worked was just like a quick like two week Christmas thing like a few years ago. <laughs> And I tell people all the time, too, I think if you work retail and go become an entrepreneur and make money on your own, you you can't go back to working a nine to five because it's like retail is probably the worst job that you can have, like not saying like as a person, but just like what you have to deal with and, and the amount of money you'll probably make. And, and it's just it's just terrible. Like I, I think back on it now, like, man, I wish I would have started doing this when I was 16 or 17 or whatever but yeah i think you know i, I could never go back to working a nine to five especially retail yeah like there's just there's just too much money to be made out here and, and there's too many opportunities and jobs out here on your own especially with this type of uh, field that we're in yeah it's like nobody ever tells you you just kind of have to figure it out because you know everybody's i think there's a lot of people now realizing that that traditional uh, American dream nine to five is is slowly starting to like deteriorate. It's not the American dream anymore. Most people don't want to have to go to college to put yourself in the student debt to get out of college, having a debt of twenty thousand to one hundred thousand dollars to have to go get a nine to five job that you hate to pay off your debt. It's like I, I don't know if it was Kanye that said it or or who said it, but the quote just stuck with my the quote stuck in my head. Whoever said it was like. Uh, college sets you up to fail before you even begin because yeah. like you're it's like that is this that is the gateway to living that so-called quote-unquote american dream and yeah. i think a lot of people are realizing that, that they don't want to they don't want to pursue that route so there's a lot more entrepreneurs and there's a lot more people 
taking that route and that road compared to, oh, I want to go work a corporate job or I want to go work a nine-to-five and more or less just make money to pay bills and die. (laughs) (laughs) I don't mean it to sound bleak about it, but that's how I look at like that situation. Yeah. But no, but no, but no, no, uh, nothing bad towards people who pursue that route. I mean, some people, some, some people enjoy that. If you enjoy, if you enjoy it, then don't listen to what I say. As long as you're happy doing what you're doing, everybody else's opinion doesn't matter. But that's just not my that's not my thing I would do or choose to do or advise to do (laughs) yeah I'm in the same way it's like as long as you're happy I mean we both graduated and went through it and so we can like who are we to say but I'm I'm the same way do what you're happy with but if you know what you want to do or there's nothing stopping you from starting now unless you know you need the degree to like be a doctor or some legal like pass some certain exam don't wait to start because you think you need to finish. Oh yeah, I have people daily in my you know DMs or uh, whatever social media platform contacting me saying, "Hey, you know, I'm an up and coming photographer, videographer. I'm getting ready to go to college for you know media and stuff like that." And I'll tell them like, "Don't, don't do it. Take that money that you'd have to spend in college for that career that you're trying to get into and put that into your craft." That twenty thousand to a hundred thousand you're gonna to have to put into a college, you could spend on equipment and go right onto YouTube and learn from influencers and learn this learn more than what you would learn in school. Like I didn't have that when I went to college. If I'd have known or had people to study like you or YC or myself or C Ryan or anybody like that, like giving away free knowledge that even people in college don't tell you. So I definitely let everybody know that that wants to pursue our kind of career or our craft, like don't go to college. It's not worth it. If you want to be a doctor or or something where you need to go to college to become, yeah, obviously you have to do that. But if you want to do something in the entertainment field, don't waste your money. It's not worth it. Yeah. I think things are moving faster than like it's a system that can't, needs to change or it's like things are kind of moving ahead of it and it's coming outdated in a, in a certain way but i don't want to harp too much on that college topic uh, <laughs> right i know it can get polarizing but i mean so do you ended up graduating with that audio engineering degree or no so my degree was um el- the proper degree title is electronic media and film degree with a minor in audio engineering and videography yeah okay so um at that point, like you said, you were already freelancing. You didn't, you weren't working the regular job, so you kind of had an open schedule and you graduated. And now you're ready to pick your stuff up and go to Atlanta um, to do the do the test period with two chains. Was there? Oh any... no! When I, when I oh, moved sorry. to Atlanta, it was already it was already done. Like when I went out there for that festival just to visit. They threw me right on the road that following weekend, so I just had a I just had a suitcase. And then when I got back from those three days is when they said he wants you, but obviously a stipulation in this is you have to live out here. Okay, I see. So you went back home, picked up whatever stuff you had, and drove and down. You... Yep. So, was there any hesitation in that? Or was it like this is what I've been waiting for? I mean, you had to leave all your hometown friends, all your. There was no hesitation. It was, it was a no-brainer. I mean, yeah. it's it in in our field, or at least in the hip hop field, like Two Chains is one of the top tier artists. Like I looked at it like I'd be stupid or crazy to not take this shot. If it doesn't work out or something happens, it is what it is. I actually moved in with Pat for the first year of me living in Atlanta. We had a you know one bedroom apartment, and I slept on the futon for a whole year until I was able to, to, to build my money up and to, to build my situation up and go get my own apartment. So I just took the opportunity. I took the chance because I looked at it like if I turn this down, somebody else is going to take it and who knows how long or if I even will get another opportunity like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say that is a pretty big opportunity that is worth uh, like moving and like doing things for, um, especially if this is what you want. It's like, what, what else could you ask for? But at the time, where was Two Chains at in his career? What was this like two years ago or a year ago? About two years it was, ago, you said. 
it was two years ago, so obviously, you know, he was he was still he was two chains. He had two albums come out, and he was you know critically acclaimed and had plenty of album sales and stuff like that. But um, after his second album, and I believe after his tour with uh, Drake in Australia, there was like that three year gap. So I came around at the end of that three year gap. He didn't really start com- basically his break was from 2013 till about 2016. Now when I say break, I mean He's still getting booked, you know, one or two times, you know, a weekend to go out and do shows based off of who he already was. But he wasn't back in the line like like what he is now or back when he first dropped his first album or second album. So it was just like he was building back up situation. But he was obviously still a major known artist. He just wasn't what he is now or what he was back in uh, when he first came out. Yeah, I'd say he has like stuck around and had like steadily increased year over year over year and always like doing features and so i want to like you said you're living with pat and building yourself up when you first got this opportunity was it just like uh you're working for the opportunity or was there a salary or was it like we'll take care of this and this but you got to deal with this because i know a lot of people are looking for that same opportunity that follow us like to be able to shoot at a concert or shoot with a major artist what's the situation so luckily, it wasn't a situation where it was like work for uh, promo or no money involved type situation. There was there was pay talked about and there was pay obviously involved. Um, they established all of that even before I went on the uh, trial run with them. They said, you know, if it all works out, this is what you'll be paid. This is, you know, what you'll make for this. This is what you'll make for this. This is what you'll you know do. This is what uh, your benefits would include. Um, when you go on the road, your flights are paid for, your hotel, you have your own room. Back to, again, this was already a major artist, so his rider already has, you know, you have to fly out, you know, my whole crew. And two, so let me say this, 2 Chains doesn't fly or doesn't have anybody around him when it comes to uh, the job. He doesn't have anybody around him that isn't working. When you go to a show and you see 2 Chains and his crew, everybody there has a job. Everybody's there getting paid to do a job. So... He already had a situation where everybody gets their own hotel room in a five-star hotel, four or five-star hotel. Everybody gets their own plane ticket, um, and there was per diem involved each show, obviously for food. And on top of that, you get paid per show or per club date or per appearance, whatever it may be. So I, it was never a situation working uh, with street execs and two chains of, you know, we can't pay you, but this will be great promo for you situation. Yeah, so I'm sure you've kind of seen some or been a, been in some really cool rooms then basically always being right behind 2 chains or like next to him in the past couple of years. Can you talk like through some, what are some cool moments and le- things you've learned being so close to him? So 2 chains is definitely a well-respected artist and is a very known artist in the not just hip-hop field, but in the music industry in general. So I just tell people within the last two years, I've met and either photoed or worked with or videoed every major artist that you would want to work with. I've worked or taken a photo of the Jay-Zs, the Drakes, the Nicki Minajs, the Waynes, uh, the Kanye West, Justin Bieber, Demi Lovato, like almost if you can name an artist that that is in you know the spotlight or is doing something i've probably been around or taken a photo of or done some type of work with but probably the the most major like moment for me being around chains would probably be uh going to rick rubin's house in la or not la um i think it's uh santa i don't know where it is in california but it, it was a great environment we went to his house and linking up with Eminem, like that was my bucket list situation. That's always been my favorite artist. And, and when I really got into this uh, industry, that was like one of the top checklists of, I need to get a photo of Eminem or be in a photo with him. Like once I do that, like everything else is, is cool, but that's like the top pinnacle for me in my, in my field. Cause you obviously Eminem is like a, a hermit crab. Like you can't, get that man out or you can't really see that man unless you're lucky enough to be in a situation around him so that was like one of my top moments and obviously you know being around the Kanye West's and the Wayne's and the Jay-Z's and all that is 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 
amazing as well. But that was like my top moment being with Chains in that situation. So are you kind of like a fly on the wall in these situations, just kind of in the background while they're, I'm sure you've heard some like, or you've been in some very awesome rooms and like soaked up a lot of like really epic conversations between, because if, if anyone who's listening doesn't listen too much to hip hop, or I mean, Two Chains has probably had a feature or collaboration with every single artist in the past couple of years. Like you've said, he's very prolific. Like any mixtape, even if there's not much features, it'll probably have a feature by him. So are you in a lot of these studio sessions and, and talks and rooms? So usually when it's um, in the last two years, when there's been a major uh, feature or there's been like a session where he's working with a major artist, I'll be involved with obviously because he wants the photos and the and the video recaps from those situations. So yeah, usually I'll be in those situations. Now on a regular recording basis, most of the time not because I let people know that man records every day. And when I say every day, I literally mean he records every day. He has a he has a clockwork system where uh, him and his engineer Nolan will record every night from around eleven or twelve at night until six or seven in the morning. And the only reason why he won't record is if it's out of his hands. Like when we travel now, if we go to LA or we go anywhere out of town outside of Atlanta for a long period of time where it's obviously not like a show in, show out situation, fly back situation, he will fly uh, his engineer Nolan out with him and Nolan will be wherever we are. So. Yeah. Yeah. So. Most, yeah. Most of the time um, I've been around in the last two in the last two years, if he's had a situation with a major artist or just a major situation in general, I've been there. And my uh, style has always been a, a fly on the wall, candid moments. Like, I don't, I mean, I'll take the, you know, obviously, hey, everybody get together and take this photo. But that's not when you capture the best, the best moments, the best photos, the best videos. You, the best moments in videos or photos or whatever is candid moments. So yeah. I try to stay I try to stay out of the situation, like, but close enough to where I can get the shot. But most of the time, like, people will tell me, like, man, I didn't even know you were there and took that photo until you sent it to me or whatever. Like, that's what I go for. I want you to not know I'm there. I want you to forget I'm there so you can let loose. Because obviously, it doesn't matter if you're an artist or you're just a regular person in general. When you have a camera pointed at you and you know there's a camera pointed at you, you're going to act differently than yeah. if you're just having regular conversation or doing your, your regular routine with somebody. Definitely. Um, so like you said earlier, um, Two Chains has gone on tour and is a frequent collaborator with uh, Drake too. And I've seen some pictures on your Instagram too of some studio sessions of them together. I'm not sure of what song that was, but has uh, have any of these artists ever kind of like given you some little nuggets of wisdom or like said hey man you're doing like has anyone ever gave you something that stuck with you um i mean the the obviously uh being with him for two years you know my name and my face in general has become known with all these artists now so um not even wisdom or situations like that but just the the um what is the word I'm looking for? The the recognition is is what I've gotten. Obviously, you know, from from major artists like, oh man, I love that photo you took of you know us, and, or I love that photo you took of me, or you know whatever. Like that's like most of the things that I've gotten. I can't really think off off of my head if I've gotten any real words of wisdom from people. It's been more like me being in the room situation, soaking in the wisdom or the conversations that that this major artist may be having with chains or vice versa. That's really like when I've gotten the, the wisdom of the game or situations like that, like watching Drake and, you know, chains have conversations about the industry or just watching them have conversations about, you know, the music in general. That's like my, my game, my situation of learning and soaking up stuff. Yeah. But no, it hasn't really been a lot of times where people will come directly to me and say, Hey, these are my words of wisdom kind of thing. Like, yeah. Being the fly on the wall has, has been my soaking up game. Yeah, I'm sure you've gotten invaluable stuff. Um, but specifically on Drake, there's actually a photo that you took of him that has turned into a pretty viral meme that I only realized when I was doing the research about this. Um, it's the one of him in the club looking at the phone. 
and it's man. like when they text you or like people put all type of stupid captions oh man i've seen i've seen so many memes to that photo and the funny thing was is when i took that photo and looked at it in the club i knew automatically that this was going to become a meme <laughs> and I didn't. I, at first, I was like, "Oh, I got to put my tag on it and all this and that." And I'm just like, "No, nah, I'm gonna leave it off. I know this is gonna go viral. If people know it's me, cool. If not, cool." But I, I didn't know it was gonna become that big of a situation. Like, I still have people to this day, well, where they might show me that photo. They're like, "Oh, you know, I, I've seen you take photos of Drake, but man, this meme is funny as hell." And I'll be <laughs> like, "I took that photo." They're like, what? You took that? I'm like, yeah, I took that photo. They're like, no, you didn't. I'm like, yeah, I definitely did. Like, it's just, a, it's just a whole funny situation. I, I mean, obviously, I knew it was going to become a big situation, but not like that big. Like that photo really was getting memed crazy. Yeah. Like, what was actually happening? Where was, where was that? What was we, Drake actually doing? <laughs> <laughs> we were in the club in Atlanta and. Chains had his own section and Drake had his own section. And that was actually after one of his concert dates. Um, and he just was looking at his phone. It just so happened at that moment of me snapping that photo, his facial reaction was like that. And, <laughs> and Chains and, and other people around me will laugh sometimes because I have like, it's almost like become a, a, I don't know if it's a gift or a curse with me, but it's like, I'll catch a lot of photos sometimes of people with like the funniest reactions on their face or in like the funniest moments. And it's only in that one second or that two second situation where it just happened there. But if you'd have caught it one or two seconds later or before it just been a regular photo. And that Drake situation was one of those moments because he made that face and it, it was so quick. And then he went back to looking like just a regular person looking at just, you know, regularly looking at his phone. It just so happened when I took that photo, he had that shock look on his face <laughs> like it's just it just worked out that way it was it was good timing again did you ever run back into him after that and and he's like what did you do man i, de I definitely ran into him again um later on and he was like oh man you were the photographer that took this photo man he was like <laughs> he's like man i've seen so he started laughing he was like man that shit is funny as hell he's like i've seen so many memes from that shit man he was like he was like, I don't even remember making that face, man. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> that's, that's funny. I, I was wondering if he like, if, if there was a follow up. But I mean, yeah, memes are like a crazy way that people promote nowadays. And it's actually like people try to make memes and make that magic moment. But um, I, I want to ask you, being, you know, in all these clubs and obviously there's a lot of partying going on probably a lot of drinking a lot of smoking a lot of like there's so many there's so much partying going on how do you one maintain that position that you have because obviously you know as two chains gets i mean he can afford anyone he wants so like who's to say after a couple of years he's like well you know this is a bigger budget we don't want you on this one and like how do you not get caught up in that and also maintain your spot so when you're somebody's personal photographer or videographer director editor whatever it may be when you're that personal with somebody they have to have a sense of trust in you it's not i mean back to the situation of how we talked about to go on tour you could be talented but you have to be able to live that life you could be the most talented photographer but if an artist can't trust you it'll never work. You'll never be around them long enough. So my situations have always been, I'm a very trustworthy person. I don't, you know, I, I know when to speak. I know when to, uh, you know, do what I need to do. I know how to play my role. I don't discuss things that go on in rooms uh, with, with artists or in general. And I don't put out content without chains uh, clearing it first. So, or any artist in general. So it's always been a situation where, uh, change trust me and you know if he didn't I wouldn't have been I, I wouldn't have been with him for two, coming on you know two and a half years so it really is a situation where uh, whatever he has it doesn't matter if it's small a big budget uh, a big event a small event a club appearance uh, him going on TV you know him going in front of 40,000 people him being around these major artists I'm always going to be there because I'm his personal photographer videographer and, and going to the club situation I'm not 
I've never been a big drinker. I'm more like a social drinker. I might have a you know a shot or two here or there, like you know a couple of drinks here and there. But especially when you're, I'm working. I tell people all, I tell people that all the time. Just because you could be with a major artist and you could go to you know these clubs and be in the section getting free drinks, don't lose sight of why you're there. Because the moments you try to not even try, but the moments you let loose and you know get drunk or belligerent or just stupid in general you're gone like you got to understand you're here for a job like yeah you can have fun and you can relax but get the job done first and don't make yourself look like an idiot like that's how i've been able to keep my job like even people i know who who are heavy drinkers or heavy smokers or whatever like they know how to separate work from play like get the job done first then you can you know have fun because obviously we're not we're not all stiffs like we're not in the club just like sitting there like like we get the stuff done we need to do first and then we have fun but we don't go overboard yeah so it seems like that's helped you kind of maneuver and um i mean you've traveled probably all over the world at this point right i mean you've been to dubai recently and you shot that music video and some interesting things um been been, been to dubai twice now which is which is which is crazy to say did you i bet you never thought like You'd be going to Dubai in a private jet. I we didn't go in a private jet, unfortunately. But just to just to go to Dubai, just to go out of the country in general, uh, off of my career, like off of my craft and passion. Like anytime we go somewhere like that, or I'm around these major artists, or I'm around these major situations, like I won't be able to have time to reflect until you know. Obviously, we get back home, or like I have time to sit down and reflect. But yeah, it's it's amazing to. To, to be able to have gone to Dubai twice and to whatever places I've gone outside of the uh, United States at this point. Like, even just, like, situations like going to, you know, Miami and being in, in the club and, and it's Chains and Wayne and, and, you know, Nicky or Drake may pop up or just, in general, just being around two Chains and Wayne. Like, these are legends in the game. Like, I'm a fit Like, I'm still a fan of music. Like, I remember listening to these dudes in high school, like, me and my homies always listen to these kind of artists like so it's like just having those kind of moments and it's definitely like sh- shocking or like all like all jaw-dropping situations that I usually don't even really reflect on until like I'm back at my house or like you know I got downtime because it's so fast-paced yeah and, and sometimes too like I've told people you know I've become and I hate to say it like this but you know sometimes I'll forget how big two chains is and forget that he is two chains the grammy winning international superstar until we do a situation like we'll go out to a concert and it'll be forty thousand people screaming their heads off reciting every word to his song like those type of situations i'm reminded real quickly like yeah you're in a major situation or i'll have people because it's different when people are telling you like oh, you're, you know, you're working with this major artist, you're doing this, you're around all these people, but I've been doing it for the last two years, so it's like, it's kind of become like a, like, unexpected. Yeah, it's become, and, and that's weird, it's weird to say when you think about it, but it's become a normal situation. Like, I tell people all the time, like, when I have downtime or when I have off time, I want to do the exact opposite of what most people want to do on their down and off time because what most people want to do on their down and off time is go out, party just go out in general and do a whole bunch of crazy things or whatever like that's kind of what i do for a living like i'm around that every time i go out and work so my thing is is i want to sit in my apartment and relax and watch netflix and chill and chill with a girl or just do relaxing things like i don't have to go to the club i don't have to do all that like that stuff i do full time with two chains like let me just relax yeah so is that what your schedule is like usually you know like when he's on tour is it very sporadic like you might have three months on maybe two weeks off another two months on so working with him for the last two years i don't think i think this is the first time that i've actually had more than one or two weeks um off at once because like i said even when i first started with him and he was building himself back up to being in the fast lane, he was still doing two uh, two shows a weekend. Like that first year I was with him, I, we did at least one or two shows every weekend for that whole year. And then 
when he really got back into the situation of being, you know, two chains, then he started picking up, you know, other stuff outside of concerts, you know, music appearances, TV, TV appearances, talk shows, stuff in general. So, I mean, he just, he just, uh, he films the show most expensivest. So I was, we went to LA for a week for the first season or not the first season, but the first season of me being with him. And then we went to uh, New York and Vegas this year for uh, season four, I believe. So he's just always doing something in general. And, and usually my, my schedule, even when I'm not working with him is hectic because I still have a relationship with little Dirk. I still do, most of his music videos, I still link up with him when I'm not with Two Chains, or even if I'm not working with Two Chains or Lil Durk, I have independent clients that I build a relationship with, and new clients coming in. So I usually don't have a lot of downtime, and especially now, like all the downtime that I've had, I've spent building up my YouTube and working with C Ryan, who's helping me build my YouTube up. So even my downtime, I'm spending working doing something. Yeah, I was going to ask, you know, it's, you've got this major superstar artist that you're always around. How do you make sure to not get caught up and complacent in that and still, you know, focus on your brand and building your stuff up? Like you're saying, you're working on the YouTube, you're working on your own hustle. And what are the things you're doing to try to, do you think that's important too? I mean, there's a lot of artists that work with big artists like what would you recommend to not get caught up in that trap um well luckily for me uh two chains is a person who doesn't believe in complacency and doesn't believe in just becoming because he basically looks at it like complacency is is mediocre media mediocrity or however you say the word excuse me so you know he expects me to be to be building myself up and to be leveling up in situations um, we've gotten to the point now, I've been working with him for two years where, you know, the photos are, are amazing and it's expected and the video recaps are amazing. But now we're like, okay, let's take this to the next level. Like me, me shooting, um, smoke break with him, which was the first music video I shot for him. And then shooting that music video in Dubai, that was like kind of my lead in to start trying to shoot music videos with him. So there's always a situation with him where he, he everybody around him, he expects to be progressing and leveling up you shouldn't be in a situation especially being around him he views it as where uh, a year from now you're in the same situation or you're doing the same things like he he loves and respects the fact that i'm shooting all these music videos now for for you know Lil dirk on albums or all these other major artists or i'm you know building my name up that way and and luckily i'm i'm with a person who wants to see the people around him succeed and wants to see the people around him become their own millionaires so I think my whole advice, if you're in a situation like how I am with a personal, if you're a personal photographer or a personal whatever with an artist, I think it's very important to still build your brand up and to build your name up because obviously you building your brand and your name up is just going to make you look that much bigger and it's going to make you look that much better to the artist that you're working with because, for example, like, you know, I've been building myself up, and when I posted that um, video about, you know, artist tagging and giving proper credit, that got a lot of attention from people on Instagram, and it got a lot of attention in social media in general, and I had a lot of the artists I work with, you know, contact me and say, hey, you know, this, was, you know, this wasn't about me, was it like, my bad, bro, like, because sometimes they won't tag me or whatever, but just seeing that, like, because they saw how much of an interaction it was getting from all these people, like, they see now how big of a brand that I'm building and, and my brand is building and I'm getting this fan base. So I don't know. It's just, I just feel like you definitely should be building up your brand and your, and your, your fan base outside of whatever major artist or major company you're working for. That's important because at the end of the day, none of this is guaranteed. I may wake up tomorrow. And like you said, chains has all the money in the world to be able to go hire another director photographer videographer i think we build a relationship to this point where that won't happen or he'll give me a heads up like hey i think you know we got to separate or whatever but if it does and you haven't built your brand and your own name up you're just going to be seen as that person's photographer that person's videographer so it's very important to build your brand and your name up while simultaneously working with whatever person or major artist you're working for 
yeah i think that's really good advice because like you said nothing's guaranteed nothing's guaranteed and i believe everything has an expiration date or it's just you're not i, I mean it's it's a known fact i'm not going to be working for two chains being his personal photographer for the rest of my life he's eventually going to retire or he may eventually just you know what i'm saying like like we just said situations may happen but he's going to retire at some point and i'm going to have to find another source of another source of income in addition to what i'm already doing for income yeah well it seems like you're you know you've got your foot in a, in a few different places and you've been able to network and build enough relationships that i think you'd be able to maneuver and, and pivot going forward but wrapping up here um what are you focused on building in the next stages you've done so much cool stuff already you've you've met so many awesome artists and like you said checked off bucket list items what is your next bucket list and goals oh man so definitely building up my my youtube presence i want that i want that 100k plaque i want that million subscriber plaque i want to be able to build up my fan base to where there may be a situation where i don't ever have to worry about traveling with people or i mean i don't now but i'm saying like that could become my full-time situation um i also want to kind of wean out of being seen as the uh i'm kind of doing that now but i want to really fully become known as a director rather than the behind the scenes person because obviously being with two chains or being with Lil dirk or being with these people on the road life that's just what you fall into it is what it is when you're traveling with artists you're seen as the behind the scenes person unless you're directing all their music videos so definitely a major thing would be to start directing a lot more music videos um whether that be for because uh, i'm already doing that with dirk so whether that be with two chains or other major artists getting known in the industry as a director or editor in that field um also i want to at some point like the end goal for me would be to move to LA and to get into the to the movie world, whether that be as an editor, a, a gaffer, something in the movie world. I prefer to, to be a director and editor in the movie world, but that's like my end goal with all the visual related things is to get to that point to be able to move out to LA and to, to be doing something related to movies. Awesome. So yeah, I mean, you've, I've seen you've been putting up seems like you've been putting up a little bit more videos on your channel and making those interesting topics like, you know, crediting photographers and collaborating and um, having your own voice that people can check out. So, And that's another thing, too. I think a major um, goal that I want is to be able to to help and inspire other people that are coming up. And, you know, I wasn't given a lot of help when I was coming up and when I was getting into these situations and I want to be able to be somebody who gives these people advice and, and, you know, I don't want to see, I don't like seeing people getting taken advantage of and I don't like seeing people fall on their face and fail. So if I can create a situation, which from what I'm seeing, YouTube would be the platform of, you know, making these videos or making these topics and giving these up and coming photographers, uh, videographers, editors, directors, this valuable information that they would have had to experience on their own and save them the trouble, I want to be able to be that person. More or less, like you said, the voice for, for people who may not have a voice at this current moment. Yeah, that's awesome. I think that that's a, a really good goal to be able to use what you've done so far to help someone who was in your position without them having to figure it all out the hard way. But where can people find you? Where do you want them to follow your journey from this point and see what you're up to? What's the best place for them to connect and reach out to you? So first and foremost, you can subscribe and follow me on my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Productions, And the other platforms would be Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and they're all the same. It's at JoeMoore724, J-O-E-M-O-O-R-E-724. So those are the main places. Instagram and YouTube is really where I'm active. Um, again, my YouTube is youtube.com slash Productions, and my Instagram is uh, JoeMoore724. Awesome. I'll make sure to link all those on YouTube or iTunes, wherever you guys are listening to this. Joe, thank you so much for making the time. I know it's always hard to like find a solid time to sit down for everyone. So I appreciate you taking the time to talk with me and share your story with everyone. Is there any other last things you want to say? I appreciate you having me on your podcast and thanks for taking the time to have me on your podcast.
All right, so that was my conversation with Joe Moore. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode. And you can see not only is he using his technical skills with the camera, he's also using his personal and people skills to be reliable and trustworthy and build these relationships and opportunities for himself. So if you did enjoy this episode and there was a certain point that resonated or you want to reach out and dig deeper on a certain topic, send us a message on Instagram. I'm sure I love getting the messages. I'm sure he would love getting a message of what you thought, your comments about it, and something that stuck with you. And if you want to catch more episodes of this show, you can find it on YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, at the Justin Odisho Podcast. Subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on YouTube. Your reviews and ratings there are much appreciated and they help support the show. Thank you so much once again for listening and I'll see you in the next episode.